Randy here once again to crack an egg of knowledge. Summer is upon us and that means it's time for fancy beach cocktails like mojitos, cosmos, sangrias, mint juleps, margaritas, and daiquiris. It's just like sex in the city. And the best part, Riverside Wine and Spirits has everything you need for those tasty treats. They also have a ton of great beer to choose from that comes in growlers, six packs, 12 packs, cases, and my favorite, kegs. So, go have a badass summer and party on with Riverside Wine and Spirits. Here we are, guys, and I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish with my uttermost heart that it were under better circumstances, but I can't say that, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Uh, So this past Saturday, uh, Jared, Alan, Brian, and I set up to see Alien Covenant, and that there, friends, that... That's I, I can't. I just can't. That's it calls subversion of expectations or what have you, but I, I did not like this movie, and that, that is exactly why I wish this were under better circumstances, because I wanted to like that movie. I really, really did. And I'm recording this intro a couple days after the fact. And uh there goes my phone, I should have cut that off, but anyway. Um recording this intro a couple days after the fact, just because I want I wanted to digest on it a little bit. And you guys are about to hear us giving our reviews you know, right after the movie. I mean, we recorded it maybe 30 minutes after the, after we saw the movie. So you'll, you'll get into that here in a second, but here we are. I'm a couple, I'm recording this intro a couple days later and my opinion stands it's digested. And I was not a fan of the movie. Uh, you know, it's done. I've digested it. I've shit it out. It's done. I'm over it. But yeah, that's what we get into a little bit in this episode and get into why, even though, you know, I'm sitting here bashing it. I will gladly go see a third Prometheus movie. Even though the plots aren't that great, we seem to have established, I think, that the Xenomorph creature is pretty cool, and the entire mythology universe is pretty rad. So that's what we're getting into this episode. You know, we don't really have a beer theme for this episode per se, but that's not stopping us from having some tasty beers. So we, we've got a... Uh, I shouldn't have thrown the bottles away, but I did. So I don't really... Offhand right now recording this, I don't know what we drank. But hey, that, that gives you a reason to listen to the rest of the episode. So yeah, spoilers abound for Alien Covenant. Um, we talk about a couple of cool beers I picked up on the way back from the theater, and then we also follow up with Brian about my question about rubbery-tasting beers from last week. So sit on back. Here's episode 76 of the Brew Chat Podcast, all about Alien Covenant. Why it sucks. I've never had, well, I've had Andy Gator, but I've not had it for years. And then uh, got Highland Brewing, another Asheville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my looking out, all I can find is Nanahala. <laughs> yeah, theirs isn't much. Yeah. I think maybe, like, if you go down to Georgia, you can get, like, Noda or a couple mm-hmm. things like that, maybe. But yeah, when you said that, I was like, good luck. Yeah. It's pretty much Asheville dominates. Dominates that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people listening that are wondering what we're talking about, we had uh, Asheville beers last episode, and then 
we were sort of told, well, it, we were going to do South Carolina beers and then ended up doing North Carolina beers. And then it ended up basically being a whole Asheville episode. So I was going to try to follow up the next episode, this one, with doing non-Asheville North Carolina beers, but that's seemingly impossible. <laughs> so we've got one North Carolina beer, the Big Highland Brewing Company Big Briar Tart Raspberry Ale. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then Abita's Andy Gator Hellas Doppelbach. Yeah, that thing Both is pretty heavy. good beers. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen this Big Briar before, but I haven't yeah, either. Fresh pureed raspberries headline this approachably tart beer. It is approachably tart. I don't have that one. If we're gonna talk about that one first, I need a little <laughs> pour me a little bit of the raspberry. Um, pairing berries with the lemon candy yep. notes of El Dorado That's hops good. creates an unapologetically nuanced brew. Coral in color. I need a little glass, I guess. Uh, with compelling fruit aromatics. Meet the perfect companion for your spring and summer evenings. 5.4%. What is unapologetically nuanced? Like, who apologizes for being nuanced? (laughs) Not Ridley Scott. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call that nuanced, though. God, I can't wait till we get through the beer so I can tear into that. That's why we're only drinking two kinds. I was going to get three. I was like, no. Are you guys getting a lot of aroma off this... uh the raspberry, the tart raspberry? I'm not. I'm getting more. Mm, not either. I smell tasters. a little bit of raspberries, but yeah, it's it really, honestly, it smells really more like a, uh, like a raspberry Sprite. Yeah. Mm. Or like a raspberry sparkling water. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can smell the carbonation. I'm not getting a lot anything. of the lemon candy notes that they're talking about. No. It's very easy to drink, though. It'd be really good to use this for, a, like, a beer cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with maybe a little. It's almost shandy esque. Yeah, yeah. It's very light. I wonder what the ABV is. Four point five. Four point five. Five point four. Yeah. The flavor text here: uh, Big Briar Cove is protected by Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy. Easement donated in memory of inventor and electronic music pioneer Bob Moog. Mm. Big Briar is part of a network of ten thousand protected areas in the wider Sandy Mush area of the French Broad River. Watershed in North Carolina. Hmm. Well, all right. Oh, it's got more here. Yeah, I think Jared read yeah, that. Yeah, he did read that. Yeah. 5.4, yeah. Wow. So, Tanner, look in your notes. What was the question you wanted to ask me about uh, off off aromas? Off aromas. Oh, no, I want to get this uh, this boom slang. What was it we had in the li- last episode that tasted similar to that boom slang? It was. Uh, oh, you guys said it tastes like the inside of a pool mask or something like that, or it mm-hmm. smells like that. I didn't get that from. I want to say it was that fugly. Maybe last week it might have been. The but fugly. no, there's there's a uh, there's a there's a taste, and I've had two beers in the past couple of weeks that have had this. The boom slang was the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and I had you have that down Chattabruga, and you didn't you didn't taste what I tasted, but. We had, uh, I think it was the Oscar Blues Fugly last week. Okay. I think that was it. But they both have this sort of rubbery taste. I'm yeah. not always super sensitive to that. I'll, I'll have, a lot of times, um, you know, friends of mine will pick up like some garden hose, mm-hmm. um, things like that, and that I That's won't exactly always pick it up. It like. So me not picking it up does certainly does not uh, mean it's not there. But generally, that is. Um, it can be from a couple places, but generally, that I mean, I would consider that a flaw. Um, it's generally going to come from uh, like chloramines, uh, mm. you know, so like chlorinated water that you uh, start with mm. that, you know, you don't filter well enough or or something like that. Um, so that's going to be probably your big culprit for plastic, rubber, you know, those kinds of notes. 
And then um, it could also be from just kind of overall general poor yeast health, which Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff can come from that. That's why we always preach, you know, good yeast health to people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, You don't want it to get infected. Right. And that's, well, and that's the third thing, but even beyond infection, if you got poor yeast health, you just yeast doesn't perform the way it should and it can throw some off flavors and off aromas mm-hmm. and but that's the the third place is there are some infections uh that can bring some of that plastic and uh, and garden hose i've had I've, I've experienced some where it's it smells like a burning tire mm. you know from yeah. an infection yeah it's the boom slang i had pretty right brew house and I, I was thinking i was like maybe just there's a fluke here at brew house which is unlikely but maybe and then tried it back down at Chattabruga, same mm-hmm. exact same taste. Well, and, and I was going to say you were drinking out of bottles or cans or, or whatever, correct? When on, on the show, I think, but uh, you can also yeah, get some can. of that from from a draft line. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you've got well, Chattabruga and Brewhouse, they were both out of a draft line. Yeah, I mean, and if that's what I thought it may have been. If you've but, got some vinyl tubing, you know, then. Isn't treated properly, or you know, sometimes you just get one that's smelly. That'll absolutely carry yeah. through. No, it was bad. Yeah. It, it was really bad in the boom slang. But the uh, don't hold me to it. I think it was the fugly last week, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I don't remember. I just I just remember you mentioned something about wondering where that came from. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I dropped dropped that in while yeah, I was yeah. still Thank thinking you for of reminding it. Reminding me, yeah. I think we were also looking for examples of all the different bad things, like. Yeah. You always say Rolling Rock has that. Was it the DMS or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Like the other the other things that are wrong. Like here's a beer you can try to figure out what exactly all the wrong stuff is to sort of build a baseline. Uh, Coors uh, Coors Coors Light has uh, acetaldehyde um, or acetaldehyde, uh, which is a green apple. Okay. Um, hmm. A lot of lot of light or you know light american lagers have it i get it a little stronger out of that than some other ones uh i couldn't tell you just a standard you know dependable place for diacetyl um i pick it up in a lot of beers a lot of commercial beers but i i don't know that i've had one that's like if you want to know what a diacetyl it's a part of the beer you know you can always depend on having it uh you come judge a homebrew competition I guarantee before the day's out, there'll be a, <laughs> at least one example that somebody can point you to so you can, can learn that one because <laughs> that's a pretty pretty widespread issue. I know when I judge, uh, I run into it fairly often. I mean, you kind of run into the chloramines uh, issue that you know we just talked about. You, you picked it up in commercial mm-hmm. beer. There's uh, butyric acid, which is here described as baby diaper, baby vomit. Um, <laughs> it in it. Mm-hmm really is it's it's one of those things that's difficult to really explain until you smell it and you're like oh that actually is what it smells like yeah it <laughs> does smell like like a baby diaper you know oh, you, it's hard to wrap your head around that that that's a real thing and not just that it it really does uh, and that's generally you're going to get that more in um, some sours and things like that it's, it's typically uh, uh it's it's a lot of people, when they sour, they just throw grain into it and let the natural microbes in the grain um, uh, grow. And sometimes the butyrical mm. will grow out mm. of that. It'll, you know, especially if you don't purge. I think it thrives in an oxygen environment. So if you don't uh, purge the headspace with some CO2 or something, you're going to be at least more likely to, to have that issue. Hmm. Uh, 
uh, trying to think what else. I mean, j- just kind of general descriptors. Phenolic, of course, is, you know, your typical Belgian, um, you know, spicy. Uh, more than just spicy, though, uh, almost kind of uh, can almost be medicinal. And that's when it starts to to cross over into an off off aroma mm. uh, or off flavor. It can be, be medicinal. Um, Band-Aid-y, you know, smell like, mm. a, smell like a, a fresh Band-Aid. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's kind of got some overlap with chlorophenol, too. It's sometimes you can get kind of the same the same sorts of uh, uh, sensations from those things. Uh, astringent. Again, I don't have a good example for that, but astringent is like if you ever take a take a tea bag, suck on a tea bag, mm-hmm. and it kind of almost makes your teeth, you know, Why dry out. Why are you out. sucking on tea bags, though? Have you ever done it? You got to know, man. You got to know these flaws in the beers. Exactly. That's how you learn what astringency is. Yeah. I mean, I know what astringent is, but I've had from astringent beers. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a good tea. I don't have to go suck on a tea bag to know what astringent. Oh, it's just a good example of it. Sometimes just do it for fun. Yeah, you don't have to. Just if you know, if you want to know, if you want to learn. Well, I might be. I might get into that later. Uh, Metallic. um, You can definitely run into beers that are coppery or metallic um i'll run into some that um uh that are minerally and again that's usually a water issue Mm -hmm. um sometimes it can work for a style i've definitely had some styles where you know it it seems like it's well water or something like that and it kind of works but a lot of times it doesn't really fit Mm. and you kind of it can almost be like not musty but it's almost like uh, you, you you feel like you're drinking a basement Mm. Uh, you know, but not that. Like a mildewy I think we no, not described mildewy, something like, like that before as like an attic. Yeah, uh, there was one yeah, where we, we described had, as an yeah. attic, but there wasn't anything good in it. It's like you're, it's like you're <laughs> drinking. You're you're tasting the smell of wet stone. Okay, it's, it's, it's no, that the sort of makes sense. Best yeah. way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so there's that. Uh, I'm trying to think what else there is. Um, I mean, there's obviously there's a whole bunch of them, but that's what Mad Night should be brewing down there. It looks like they would in the basement <laughs> give you some mineral beers. You go in, they just scrape off part of the wall into the beer. Shut up, Siri. It could be. I don't know. Yeah, his beer is pretty good though. It's yeah, I like yeah. his beers. I like what he's doing over there for sure. I'll be uh, interested once they get that sour and barrel program, mm-hmm. you know, rolling a little bit, but a little bit more. That'll be interesting to me. Yeah, but I like I'm their definitely, beers a lot. I'm definitely happy, especially with the saisons. Mm-hmm. He's, he's brewing; those are right up my alley. Yeah, I like that he he's very prideful of his saison. Like mm-hmm. that's what he wants to push, and I like that somebody here's doing that, not yeah. just trying to put out a lager or yeah, exactly, right. you know, yeah, a nice. light lager like the, the same Chattahoo thing. Or, has. or not an IPA because everyone yeah. loves their IPA so much that this guy. I don't has think a I've even heard Connor mention an IPA. He's passionate about like yeah. Belgian stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, he's got a couple of pale ales, but you know, even those are they've got lactose, or you know, mm-hmm. they've got some different kind of things in them. So, uh, I mean, hey, I mean, look, the reason most people sell an IPA is because that's what they, what sells. Yeah. yeah. So you know, not to fault anybody else, and you know, there may be a business reality where he decides that he needs or wants to mm-hmm. to do that. But I mean, hey, if you can make the beer that, that you want to make or that you're passionate about and, you know, have that be a good business decision, that's the best of both worlds. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's just not the reality for a lot of people, especially if they're going to move a lot of product. Mm-hmm. You got to sell an IPA. In, in today's today's culture, you've got to sell IPA because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's what you're yeah. going to move. 
Well, I remember that's what I wonder. I've always wondered, like, because IPA when uh, I don't know this craft resurgence or whatever you want to call it started happening. IPA was one of the first ones that sort of took off right. and is sort of hung on there. But it really makes me wonder if if because I don't like every IPA. Mm-mm. You know, no, no. but you get some people they are just like, oh, IPAs. I love a good IPA, but they don't even really know what an IPA is. And it's just because maybe they went out with some dude last night that seemed like he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gets an IPA the next day or, you know, you hang out with a buddy and he gets an IPA and you're like, oh, he, he seems, you know, he got an IPA. I'll get an IPA. And it just makes me wonder if IPA took off just as sort of that snowball effect of when craft beer really started to have that resurgence, you know, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. or if it's actually that people genuinely like IPAs that much. I mean, I don't think it would still be as prominent as, as it is if it were just a fad. Right. Yeah. You know, because it it grew to, in popularity quickly, but it's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot yeah. of diversity within the IPA category. I mean, you can get those super exactly. like, yeah. citrusy ones. Mm-hmm. You can go to the you know other fruit end of the spectrums, the piney ones, the mm-hmm. earthy ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got, you know. The darks, the lights. Doubles, yeah. triples. You've got, you know, uh, even just your kind of standard weight ones. Even the you've sessions. Got, yeah. 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 You've got some that, you West know, Coast. have more body. you got some that are that are kind of drier and, and easier to drink. There's just so. And then, yeah, just the hops themselves will give you so much variety. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there. I mean, in, in the new uh, judging guidelines, I mean, there's like, I don't even know, but there's a big breakdown for IPA where it used to be just American IPA was a category. Mm. Now it's broken up into like four or five categories. So would you say IPA is probably the most dense judging category in that respect? Is that it can have so many variations? Um, or? It's the most uh, specific one. Okay. In other words, in a lot of them, there might be a lot of uh, uh, variation in them, uh, but they'll just include those in the guidelines and say, hey, this can range from, you know, A to N or, yeah, yeah. you know, or give you kind of a wide berth for it, uh, but IPA really kind of nails it down into some some much greater specifics. You know, they've got um, uh, they actually did they broke out session into its own deal now, mm-hmm. and they've just they've they've just made quite a few changes with it and added a bunch. And it wouldn't surprise me if they added again because I still see, you know, since those came out, that New England IPA is really kind of taken mm-hmm. off, and that's. Mm-hmm. I see questions about that all the time, kicking around to the to the BJCP kind of higher ups, asking you, know, "Hey, where do I enter this as? You know, how do I do it?" So you know, it's kind of its own because it isn't really specified in those guidelines yeah, either. Yeah. So you know, they're not done. They're not done, kind of you know, separating them all out mm-hmm. into those categories. So yeah, I think it's, it's definitely it, got staying power. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that it's got so many variations <laughs> when you wouldn't see like. I mean, anybody could name any beer or whatever they wanted, but you don't see, like, a West Coast Hefeweizen necessarily. It's like Hefeweizen has a bunch of different styles, but... Yeah, I was going to say, they're, you know, different kinds of Weizen beers, and mm-hmm. and I think uh, uh, yeah. To, yeah. to your... It's a, it's a human grain. You know, to your point or to, <laughs> to, to, the, to, to your example with... with uh, with uh, IPA having so many different categories, mm-hmm. there's really only like a, a, a vice beer um, for general things, mm-hmm. and Hefeweizen is yeah. in there, and then there's other kinds of, of Weizens in there as well. So, you know, a lot of them they just kind of. I don't. I don't know if it's just the reality of eh, not that many people are going to enter, so we can kind of mm-hmm. not add another seven categories here or what it is. But 
Well, speaking mm. speaking of entering, I see when they release like any results to these competitions, like I know they consolidate categories sometimes, mm-hmm. and the IPA category dominates just as far as like oh, yeah. entries go. Oh um, yeah, especially you'll see that time of year. Um, year round, it's going to have a lot of entries, but um, you know, January, February, you might not see quite as many entries as you will in you know the the. Uh, Darker the categ- well, the categories that are taking place, or, or the competitions that are taking place in, say, September. Yeah. Everybody's brewed an IPA for their, for summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody has one on hand. You know, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people do that. They just send what they have in on hand rather than brewing specifically for the competition. That's what I did with the, uh, the Bach one. Yeah. I was like, I got three. I had, I just happened to have two of the, like, wheat one left. I was like, ah, why not? Yeah. I've drank enough of this. Mm. See if it does me any good. Yeah. So you will see that come up and down. But, yeah, that's generally a, a more heavily uh, entered co- uh, <coughs> category than others. But um, we, our competition used to be in December, and, boy, we'd get loaded with stouts. Oh, yeah? We had a stout. Oh, yeah, I bet you did. So seasonal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, this anyway. Andy Gator. Yeah, let's talk about some Andy Gator. This Andy Gator is definitely dangerous. This was one of the first. It's way lighter looking than I thought. It's way lighter yeah, in body than it should. I be. remember the Andy definitely Gator. Definitely a light Doppelbach. Um, yeah. I think I had it as one of those beers, one of my first beers like in Tennessee. Um, might have been like Taco Mac before they did the the renovations. Sitting at the bar and um, it, I, being from Maryland, I there were I don't think there were any Abita. Now, there was Turbo Dog, but Andy Gator hadn't yeah, made it no, up there. No, it, um, it was one of the first beers I had down here that I had just never heard of. And I like it. Mm-hmm. I did not know at the time, and sometimes I forget that it's 8%. Mm. It's the Hellas Doppelbach. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is because it's got that light. And, and when I referred to it as light, I meant color. Like, again, going back to mm-hmm. uh, Always judging. Always talk about color. Yeah, I know. Going back to judging <laughs> categories, uh, they're there actually is a you have to declare basically in your entry if it's a light or a dark one have mm. you ever yeah now you're you're a judge have you ever had anyone get the color wrong when you're when you're declaring to a homebrew competition because it seems like a throwaway like gimme like okay it's like two or three points or whatever yeah. but like have you ever had somebody be that just i don't know how you can mess that one up like have i have i ever docked a point for color is that kind of what you're asking or that like seen one where somebody's entered the color and you look at it and go there is no way this is like a 24 <laughs> this is like a six i i think that may have happened to me maybe once and at that point it was pretty evident that uh, ca- uh an entry had gotten mislabeled. Okay, and yeah. it was just the wrong beer, so we yeah, tracked that down like, and found uh, a second. And yeah, it seems like such a, a throwaway point or two that it depends. The, you know, the, it depends on your judge. Some guys are going to be finicky. I'm not finicky. If if you declare an IPA and it looks like a stout, I'm going to dig you a point. Right. If you give me an IPA, man, it can range from looking like a Bud Light to you know. Yeah. Right looking like a copper ale and i don't care Mm -hmm. you're close enough for me and i'm not worried about color much more worried about you know clarity and and um, yeah the color doesn't affect the taste and the the head retention and Mm -hmm. that you know that the you know the type of head and the head retention are much more important in that that appearance category which is only three points anyway yeah Yeah. so yeah even if you are way off somebody that made like a bomb ass ipa but it happened to be dark as the night 
Not a problem for me. Like, yeah, like I'd I wouldn't care. It's about the. I mean, it tastes like an IPA. It feels in your mouth like an IPA. Yeah. But to me, but it's, it's always somebody black. has tried their beer before. Like I've never entered a beer. I mean, you you have to make it. You see it in the bucket. Like you're not mm-hmm. gonna enter it blindly, yeah. so to speak. Oh, people are stupid. Don't I, I don't that. underestimate that. <laughs> no, I'd that's never. I, I, that's a different it episode. Like you were treading on that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I just I didn't know if. And that's why I was wondering, like, I, I've talked about with Jared before, like, you'd have to, we got, you know, the things, like, I'm not entering this Andy Gator as a 38 um, at all, under any, and, and the scales vary, you go to the Google image search, there's still mm-hmm. uh, what I would call, like, a sliding window mm-hmm. of what the numbers might necessarily be, but I don't know if anyone's entered one so wrong before, and be like, no, this is, yeah. they seem yeah. like a get, like, Sort of like writing your name on the SATs. Like you got to get the color point right. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. You you can ding them. You know, at the appearance, which, like I say, that whole category is only three points right. at most out of fifty. Yeah, and then you could ding them on overall if you wanted to. Like I say, I'm. I don't care. Um, if it's like I say, if it's significantly off. Okay, maybe, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be significant mm-hmm. for me, you know. Even if you're if you're bordering on brown, because you know there is such a thing as a brown IPA um, or an, an India brown ale, yeah, you know, or you know, obviously black IPA. If you enter a black IPA, just a regular IPA, eh, I'm gonna ding you a point or two, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I could see that since that's I, and honestly, it probably it'll probably end up being more than that because unless you were able to make make one that just had no roast character whatsoever then you're going to lose some points on that sort of thing either because it's inappropriate. But, right. you know, th- those are <laughs> wide examples. Like I say, generally, it's not a big deal to me. I'm I would way love more to just see you stuff. tell somebody snidely that their beer is inappropriate. <laughs> I, don't mean it, I don't mean it snidely, though. I mean, I, no, but I, I get want, your I point. I want to see it snidely. I get your point. <laughs> but, I mean, when you're judging, it's... Your beer is inappropriate. You're judging, you're, and you're judging against <laughs> guidelines. So if yeah, they're not in the guidelines, yeah. it's inappropriate. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But no, it's one of those things where it sounds funny and super proper, but you're actually using, like, no, this is actually how I'm supposed to say it's this. It's an objective yeah. scale. Yeah. yeah. Like it, your beer is not this color under any metric. <laughs> <laughs> so this indicator is really, like, if you're ever looking for a nice example of, like, um, melanoidin, like this has got a lot of that kind of you know toast, um, you know. The Is more that like toasty that toasty malt smell? Yeah, getting, and like or? yeah, and like you know. The, Is that something you get docked for? Or like, no, that's great. Like that? In okay. a Doppelbach, it I, should definitely be there. I used melanoidin malts in the second round of the Irish Red. Because uh, the scientists That's right, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. You did say Wow, that. I can smell that familiarity, actually. That's Well, sometimes right. when the names sound too scientific, I figure it's a flaw. Mm. Diacetyl is yeah. melanoidin. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, melanoidin is the same thing that happens when you, you know, char a steak, too. Okay. Okay. No, this is exciting for me, because, like, the, the citra hops, I can sniff those out in a beer, mm-hmm. but I've never been able to sniff a malt. And, like, this smells sort of like your... Yeah. Your beer, yeah. Yeah, definitely you get those toasty notes, you know, real, really bready. Mm. Um, you know, it smells like mm. a loaf of bread. Uh, yeah. You know, especially a loaf of, you know, not not rye pumpernickel, but smells like a loaf of, you know, dark brown bread, you know, wheat yeah. bread. When you're brewing that, I remember, I mean, it smelled, yeah. it always smells like bread over there when you're brewing, but that particular yeah. day, it smelled like some dank ass bread. Yeah, some serious bread. Yeah. Yeah. Some so good these, bread. You know, Doppelbox always a good one because it's generally not very hoppy to, 
mm-hmm. really dig on on, on, mm-hmm. on malts anyway. But yeah, this one's got a really nice example of that that nice melanoidin. It's really smooth too. I like that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to let you know, Tanner, when we're going back down to Beverage World to mm-hmm. get supplies again. Yeah, I've got a, a Jankatron now. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start brewing with that. Uh-oh. Yeah, the burner, the whole deal. My firm, my firm chamber just died, so oh. I'm gonna have to. Uh, Start testing some yeast temperature tolerances until mm. I can get that addressed. <laughs> your uh, your cooler you had made, or no the no. the thing I used to actually the, ferment the beer in to oh, keep it okay. at a constant yeah, yeah. temperature. Yeah, yeah. The my chest freezer out in the garage. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It uh, under Jared's step is a under Jared's stairs is an excellent place to brew beers. Yeah, yeah. that seems troublesome <laughs> to get it over there though. Mm. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just make yeah, them there, uh, but like. Yeah, we got to carry it all the way down the hallway. Yeah, I don't it's like troublesome. that. Hey, it's, I mean, it's a annoying wait. <laughs> but speaking of things that are annoying. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Bing. Let's talk the about aliens, aliens episode. Um, so, okay, before we really get into the meat here. Um, Stale. You guys have spent the past couple weeks sort of catching up. Yeah. I watched the first two and most, or about half, I guess, maybe a little more yeah. than half of uh, Prometheus. I I didn't. I went in completely objectively. Um, in the past week, I saw Alien, Aliens one through three, and Prometheus, and we all just got out. All four of us ju- are fresh off the boat of Alien Covenant. Yeah, like yeah. thirty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that train wreck. Oh yeah, I I'm not. I know you. We've talked about Prometheus on here before. Yes, we got Brian. Here. <laughs> I'd say more. And uh, <laughs> I actually watched it again to give it I, another I chance. I watch it every once in a while. I don't mind Prometheus. I'd like. It's a gorgeous movie. That's why I like it. That's and that's what actually, this one lost. Actually, that's what makes me hate it even more. Really? Because I agree with you. It is a stunning movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's terrible just infuriates me. <laughs> yeah. No, the soundtrack's great. It looks visually great. The plot's eh. But visually, it's a great are. movie. I would Prometheus. I would disagree, but I'm I'm glad. You know what? I, 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 the episodes where we all agree on stuff and, like, rant about stuff is, um, you know, those are great and all. But I'm glad we're all coming in with different opinions on this. <laughs> I enjoyed Prometheus probably the most of all these yeah. movies. Well, let's start. And Brian's so, shaking his head. Uh, right well, now. it's just well, a trouble. It's troubling me. Interesting. I wanted to bring up just from the get go is you guys catching up over the past week or two on this. Mm-hmm. It, I've got. I, I feel Brian shares this. Is I've got a, a certain viewpoint on the Alien movies where I love the first and second movie. I definitely know they've got their faults, but I watched those movies when I was like nine ish years old, and I was sneaking and catching like a USA. T, like on USA on TV, like a. I love when TV we gesture on this because no yeah, nobody see sees me. Yeah, making Flip, the TV remote, flipping through the remote right the now, and no one could see. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would catch it and watch it on TV or something. So I never even got the full version, but it terrified me. And I think you sort of share yeah, that I, same sort of. I think my dad rented it for me on VHS when I was about thirteen, and if if I'm remembering correctly, I started watching it and uh, turned it off and ended up watching the rest of it the next day because I could not stand to watch that shit in the it dark. It was terrifying. It scared mm-hmm. the it shit out of me. It was terrifying as a kid. And uh, and that that's where I think you all have sort of missed out a little bit on that and why it's the first and second one is special to us because like, I know it's got faults, but it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. So that'll always be back in my cerebellum somewhere of yeah. being scared of that just like, you know, that Yeah, and, and I get that. And... Um, as I mentioned to, you know, you guys at various points, um, 
it, it, the thing that gets me, and this is just something that annoys me, you know, in film in general sometimes, is anytime you have a titular monster and you don't get to see it or don't mm. get the money shot of the monster, it annoys the ever-loving fuck out of me. Yeah, um, it is annoying. So the the alien in Alien, uh, the first one, 1979, you get some quick jump cuts, and, and I understand the technology. Mm-hmm. Um and I go back and read, say, like the Wikipedia, you know, backstories of these movies as I watch them, because you know, I'm like, it's 1979. I get that the future space tech is like an original green and black Mac. Like, I'm not knocking it for that. It's <laughs> it, that that's that's what they had at yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, it, the the practical effects, whatever. Like, it's 1979. I get that. But, you know, they, they hyped it up as like, oh, no, we got, like, a dude in a suit. It's it's going to be so totally real. And you never get to see that. You get some quick jump cuts in the dark, and then you get him sort of napping in a cubbyhole at the end. And you never – and it, it, it sort of hurts me. Um, yeah, sort of fuck, like – by the way. This quick side note to the Hobbit movies where they put so much effort in all this mm-hmm. shit that doesn't translate to the screen. Lord of the Rings, it did. Hobbit, it did not. No. Nope. I'll never stop bashing those Hobbit movies. But, but that, like, clearly Ridley Scott had this, like, grand, you know, plan to be like, it's not, it's not a puppet. Like, there's a dude in here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to see him, but you didn't let me. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, and, and to argue, like, I, I would argue that not showing... Like, the first movie is set up as a sci-fi horror movie. It is, yes. And uh, so that, to me, explains it's why they hide it so space. much. I mean, it's the same thing as, like, Jaws. Like, yeah, absolutely. You hardly ever But I know what a shark. shark looks yeah. like is the thing. Or uh, <laughs> I had another great example, and I've just lost it. Not but Jurassic anyway, Park. Like, well, Jurassic Park, though, you, you saw them, but the there's, only, there's only, I think, 12 minutes and 40 seconds or something of dinosaurs in the first Jurassic Park movie. That's more than the 40 overall seconds I get of aliens in all the movies put Mm. together. But hold on. You have to piece together the monster and aliens. I know what those raptors look like. Mm. I know what the T-Rex looks like because they had the money shot. True. And if it is, since it is like a sci-fi horror movie, it makes sense then to not show it all the time because it leaves more. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not asking for that as they see it in broad view. Well, look look at playing devil's advocate here. Look at, uh, this is the great example I had earlier that I lost, um, is Stranger Things on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I thought that monster in that show was terrifying up until the last two episodes when they actually show it, and then it's just like it's it was completely lost. Yeah. I was like, ah, whatever. It's uh, just counterpoint to your earlier point. Yeah. You're an adult now. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, yeah and that <laughs> just reinforces my point yeah. of seeing the uh, alien movies as a kid and them scarring me. Well, and let me flip what you're saying, Alan. And I'm not look. If it bugs you that they tease and tease a monster in a movie and they don't show it. You know that's that's your opinion. It is, yeah. You know that's totally I have fine. Many of those. But I'm saying, yeah. the, but I was going to say the flip side of that is, you know, we get bits and pieces, glimpses of the of the alien in most of these movies. Then you get get to the, and I don't think you've watched these yet, but you get to the Alien versus Predator, and you get to the to those two movies. You get to see all kinds of it, and it's overexposed, and it doesn't mm. mean anything anymore. Mm. Yeah, and and that's that's what I was saying. Um. So maybe get, there's a happy medium. There but is. I, I get not showing it through the entire thing to keep up the the fear factor. I'd rather see less than those things are just, hey, we've got CGI mm-hmm. technology now, so instead of one, we can have a million, right. and it just yes. mm-hmm. it means nothing anyway. You're absolutely right. But moving on to Aliens, 
you get the quick jump cuts of the same alien monster, but you at least get one one glorious money shot of the queen. Yeah. Mm. And I'm sure that's that's intentional filmmaking on yeah. his part is, you know. That was I, James Cameron. I, I, right. think, I think Alien was probably. It was a totally different movie. If they exposed it, you know, it would have looked like garbage. Well, well Alien, Alien the first true. Alien movie, it's a sci-fi horror film. And then James Cameron's second one, Aliens. It's an action movie. It's an action movie. Absolutely. So they're completely, fundamentally, like the foundation of those movies are completely different. Yeah, but I think it just got to a point, you know, in the 79, they had the creature. Mm -hmm. I mean, that creature design is obviously, you know, gotten in people's heads and their imagination. and, And that's an amazing creature design. But I just don't think they had the ability to really have it be fully functional and have a huge part in the movie. Whereas, you know. Right. 80 uh, aliens, you probably had a little better chance of doing that, you know, and, like you say at the end and that. But I think that was a, a choice on, on his part to, you know, that's a building of suspense to, to get to that point where they can do the the money shot, if you will, at the end mm-hmm. where you get the, the fight with the with Yeah, the you get to actually see the thing. Uh, and then Alien uh, 3 is a wonderful blend of very good practical effects where they show the monster mm-hmm. and some of the worst CGI from 1992 CGI I've horrible. ever seen. And it's... Yeah. It, it, that's what it is. When the alien's moving and running around, um, it's it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation bad. I mean, oh. it is... Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Ooh. It is... And that's... I, I said... That's what the Alien 3 is. It is the Mortal Kombat of the... Of the Alien franchise? I haven't seen the fourth one, so it could get worse. <laughs> um... So I'm not going to say it's it's the worst one um, as far as showing the bad CGI of the aliens, but but there, there's clearly a practical suit for the close-up <laughs> shots mm. and god-awful CGI yeah. for the movement running around. I think that was one of those periods of times where it's like, oh, we can do all this stuff it, with CGI, that's exactly and, what and then they would either rush it or wouldn't yeah. get the budget to do yeah. it. And, you know, the, the seam showed a lot. You know, there was a quite a few movies that's absolutely what it is there's it does not hold up in the slightest see and that's one thing with the alien movies is after three the sea like after three the xenomorphs always look great like in uh i haven't seen four four in resurrection uh there yeah it looks really good in that despite the movie i mean but if you're looking for a more actiony alien movie where there's just, just it's just kind of a slaughter and they're like you may like four to be honest I, might. I don't like it, but it, it's much more actiony, sci-fi, and just generic, like humans hunting aliens. Sort That's of what thing. it was to me. I, I watched it last night. I had never seen it, um, and I just thought it was just kind of. I thought it was kind of like three, not yeah, not in comparison of quality or story or anything like that. Just it's just an action movie. Yeah, it's just an action movie with that know, features that, that just, same alien, and there's that cool swimming scene. It's like when video game companies buy a license for mm-hmm. you know. Superman or, yeah. or you know, yeah. whatever it is, or, yeah. or a movie, and they just slap on another game. It mm. looks like that. It yeah, was they, like somebody they had an action engine movie. for some, like, generic, like, shooter game, yep. and they'll slap it. And they bought an skins. alien license yeah. for it. Okay. That, yeah. And, but you may like that, to be honest. Like, I mean, I enjoy the movie. It's entertaining. But it's as far as being in the, the franchise, the alien canon, it's kind of out of place and weird. Now, I, I guess mm-hmm. I was hoping... You'd be able to answer this, Brian, but maybe not because you haven't seen the second one. Or you haven't seen the second one in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, in the first one, Ripley is the whole everyone. they And I, I did enjoy this. They go out of their way and they're like, we're civilians. We're not military. Like, we can't go out of our way and investigate this signal. 
and they're all very clearly civilians. Ripley is the ship's navigator. That is, that's what she's been assigned. It's what she's trained for, etc. Yeah. In the second one, they sort of reinforce that. It's all these gung-ho space marines, terrible. and they go on and on about how she's not military. And I got that. But in the third one, she's identified as Lieutenant Ripley, and I... When did she become a lieutenant? Does anyone I know always that? thought it was something... Because they're... All in all, from the first movie to the third, I think there's like 150, 200 years that happened. In the, the first to the second is like 60 years. Because yeah, she had a daughter who got and, old and, and then died. There, there's died. also the same sort of gestation between the second and third. It may not be quite as long. Okay. But that's also But there. you don't get promoted to lieutenant. Well, I always from thought... From civilian to lieutenant. Got, maybe I, got, I always thought it was maybe left. like a... I always thought that maybe it was like an in memoriam sort of thing. Like maybe they thought she had died. You, you don't get the honorary doctorate in the military. Maybe like maybe Hicks just made her a lieutenant. You know, who else was left to argue with him? That's what I'm saying. Who else, At the end, he's like, eh, gone. you're a lieutenant now. Yeah. Enjoy Well, it. because that would have been alien, too, and they might have shown that. May, like, maybe. He, he went down. We saw Hicks go into cryosleep. We saw the Yeah, and I've not seen it, but may, or I've not seen it in a while, but maybe there was a scene where he just says in passing, like, you're a lieutenant now. I don't think like, Hicks like has the congratulations, uh, lieutenant, or yeah. something like no, that. No, he he's not doesn't have the authority to. Uh, Hicks true. isn't high enough on the food chain to yeah. do that. I think you're thinking about this more than uh, I know. I am. I absolutely agree. More with you. than whoever wrote the screenplay for three. <laughs> yeah. No, whoever wrote the screenplay for three saw the cliff notes that <laughs> Space Marines fought the aliens, and so they made Ripley, who was part of that group, a lieutenant, and didn't and didn't like. Realize no, she's not. Jesus said, "Get me Charles yeah. S. Dunn." If you had watched the movie, you would have seen them ragging on her the whole time that she's not military. Because <laughs> she's Which not. Military. I, I had a thought the other day, Brian. I wanted to bring this up before I forget. Um, you guys were here for this, but we're never. I had this thoughts. epiphany that fans of the Alien franchise are fans of the Xenomorph, not the actual franchise, because that creature is so fucking cool. And that we as fans have never actually gotten a good Alien movie. <laughs> we, okay. we go back for the Alien. That's why we keep going back. I would agree with you that um, that people that are fans of the Alien movies are fans of the of the Alien or the Xenomorph. Um, I would say I'm. I, it, it's an like I say, it's an amazing character design. Mm -hmm. So it, it mm -hmm. really is yeah, pretty cool. You know, absolutely. It it tickles that spot in it's your brain that just makes you want to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say I just I think the first two movies are good. I like. Them I'm more too, yeah. I'm more a fan of those movies than I am. I mean, I've just been kind of. I, I am happy for them to keep making these alien mm -hmm. movies because maybe someday they'll make a good one. That's my thinking. Is they're just is I will that. keep going to see them. As long as they have the xenomorph and uh, it's in this world, I'm like, and to Covenant, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was getting so excited at the just the idea of when you know in this new movie they're on this sort of like, it seems like sort of around here honestly the landscape of Tennessee is what it kind of seemed like, um, but the whole time they're exploring around this forest, I was like, God, if I just heard that predator click, just that <laughs> like. Right. Or whatever, however yeah, it goes. Yeah, they've already <sighs> made two of those, though. Oh, they're Shane Black's just wrapped uh, filming on a new one. Not, I'm, I mean, a Predator. Oh yeah, versus Alien versus. But imagine predator if they one. did it though in this new canon where they could make it a little bit more realistic 
and it doesn't have to be so campy and comic booky like the first two were. Yeah, just let Shane Black do a Predators one, and let's let's hold off until we see if that's any good. I want to see him. Oh, I'll see it like, too. Oh, but I would love it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't need. That's that why I would have saved one. this movie. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, it would no, have. No, it, it would at least made it better. This movie Covenant was weird in that. I was saying it to Brian in the car. I was honestly The bored. other movies can give you, all the other alien movies can give you the one sentence summary of what happened in the previous one. Covenant depends on you having seen Prometheus. It's a greatest hits. It's an alien greatest hits album is yeah. what that movie is. It is. It's, it's, it's every cool thing that has ever happened in an alien movie, but all packaged into one movie. All right. It's Instead of being an actual album. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Prometheus too. It's a, it, it, it is. I I I'd seen. I hadn't really dove in, but I'd, I'd seen a lot of reviews and heard people talk about it. That said, it's halfway between you know Prometheus and Aliens, and that you know gave me a little bit of of uh, optimism that it might be good. And I don't agree with that at all. To me, it is hundred. It's absolutely a, Prometheus. It's a hundred percent the same. You know the same ideals, the same mm. um, you know general. Uh, uh, kind of points that Scott's trying to Ridley Scott's trying to make, uh, you know. The alien isn't the bad guy, and in, in, no, no. in both Prometheus and Covenant, the alien's yeah. not the enemy. There's more of the aliens in Covenant. Mm. It's in the name, but still takes forever to show me the fucking name in the opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love That's that like slow title reveal. Yeah, I know. Too. They did, it, That's I'll, I'll give it to the Alien franchise and that it does do throwbacks to other movies. Like even in the second one, it did the whole slow pan at the beginning, just mm-hmm. like in the first. I watched them back to back, so like, and then it ended the same way, which I know you hate. Alan. I did, but because I it made it the second one of, unnecessary. It was more of an homage to, <laughs> yeah, kind of, uh, more of an homage to the first one so that let, they began and ended it the same way. So let me ask ask Jared and, and Alan this. Um, which one did you start with? What's the first one you the saw? First one, the first Alien. one, Alien. Oh, you both have gone chronologically. I had, I had not seen any of them and didn't know really any. I knew it was a franchise big enough that people talked about it. Well, then I just don't know what to... Because here was my hypotheses about my issues with these later movies. And, you know, this is, this is going to go to a larger point that maybe we don't want to dive into too much. But I think a lot of times when we have these, have these movies and... Those early ones, I think you guys would agree, there's a lot of stuff that's unexplained, right? Oh, yeah. The stuff with the space jockey where there's just a giant dude sitting in a chair with a hole in his chest. Even in Covenant. That has got no explanation whatsoever. Think of the timeline, right? That's 79 to Prometheus before you talk about that again. But I think sometimes we have this idea as an audience that we have these questions and we want them to be answered. And I think... A lot of times, when we feel entitled that we deserve, not even, but I just think a lot of times, what we want isn't any good for us. Aliens, I think, is a really good example of it because they are—they're answering a lot of these questions, and the answers are stupid. Mm. I know. Star Wars is a huge one for me. You know, we have Star Wars. You know, uh, Obi Wan just mentions the Clone Wars at one point, and that Mm. just people just fixate on that for years and years and years. Well, they gave it to us. How was that? Yeah. I don't think it's that uh, we're disappointed with the blanks that are getting filled in. It's just the presentation of how it's done or maybe like some of the decisions that are made. They're like, well, fine, you want the... It, it feels like it's just like, fine, you want this here. I That's would, what happened. I would go so far as to say they answer questions maybe no one's asked, but they also do it badly. Um, 
I, you know, I run my mouth during movies, especially when we're the only four in the theater. Mm. They in Covenant, they land on a plane. They go, wait, that's a human like plant. And I leaned over to Jared. I was like, what? So Earth's the only fucking like planet with wheat? Like, oh, no, that's definitely like what if what if the entire universe is covered in wheat and Earth actually has the least amount of wheat <laughs> out of all habitable planets? Like you just assume that like this is a human thing. I did enjoy halfway through and this is getting away from my point. Just something I observed the the half about halfway through the movie. They, they did a, a Deadpool homage where they broke the broke the fourth wall where the protagonist kind of looks towards the camera and says, none of this makes any sense. Oh, I must have missed that part because I, I was too busy thinking that. the same thing the whole time. She didn't actually do it, but, you know, she didn't actually yeah, give that was, look. There wasn't. But she was talking with somebody and it was kind of not looking directly at the camera, right, but kind of looking of, yeah. off center. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, that was the part I was just like, well, you got that right. Yeah. But well, to the point of not answering any questions, they go out of their way to say in Covenant, they go, this tree line's been completely like decimated at the top level. Uh, way the fuck out here and they don't explain any of that like you could have not brought up the tree line at all and now i'm like oh so we're gonna see what happened with the tree line like did something happen it's never brought up in this Mm -hmm. movie isn't that where the ship crashed the ship never crashed it was crashed there you're right. There was a crash ship, and I don't know why. Based on the, that's an well, on the look, you're, like you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. There is a crash ship, yeah. and I don't know why. Because well, as per the flashback, the David drops down, releases the virus, and crashes the ship on purpose to make it look like to corroborate no, he, his own story. Uh, <sighs> because he said that she died in the crash. Air quotes. But, and this is assuming. Okay. Okay. This is assuming David just. Is like, well, I'm a robot. I guess I'm going to live forever. Somebody's bound to come to this planet eventually. So I'm going to make this grand plan where I'm going to crash this Prometheus <laughs> ship into uh, into this mountain in case the humans show up at whatever point. Well, and then the I'm, no, no, I'm going to build this but great, he's gonna play build this country great yeah, I was going to say, he had the John Denver uh, yeah. Was that Prometheus yeah, I, I, I'm going to make this John so. Denver broadcast and then send that out on the hopes that somebody might be coming through the neighborhood and pick up the transmission while they're fixing their solar sails. And then, uh, and then I'm going to crash this ship into the side of the mountain and build a grave for Elizabeth Shaw and make it look like she died in the crash when really I uh, vivisected her. And, uh, Which, and by the it way, just seemed see, very now, convoluted and elaborate. From? Hold on, hold on. I, having watched Prometheus, that part made probably the most sense to me. Because in Prometheus, he poisons the dude's drink because mm-hmm. so, he's too advanced as an android and fucks with their chemistry. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when he's like, I can get us off this planet and save us, and we'll go find the engineers. And I'm watching Prometheus. I'm like, this dude killed your like boyfriend slash husband. This is going to end badly. And I love that they actually did that. Is that it ended badly? David drops down and murders everyone because mm-hmm. he's an insane android. They were they were good movies. They were awful alien movies. Mm-hmm. Terrible alien movies. Apparently Ridley Scott or whoever's doing the scripting on this has got an obsession with uh, scientists who live their life through faith because yeah. that was her deal and that was the deal with Billy Crudup's yep. character. Yep. And it's just so out of place. It's so it feels so. It's so all it's all telling and no in. showing is the thing. Yeah, you, they don't respect you because you're a guy who live who you're a captain who has faith. And I'm like, really? It, is well, he? I didn't. Was that exactly? And just the fact that he talked about that. Yeah, it's exactly and did what you're nothing saying. with it. It's like 
It is that, so jarring. That, that yeah. is not a conversation anybody ever has. They don't walk in and say, you know, crew member just died. You're feeling a crisis of, of, you know, having to take over the leadership and your wife or whoever comes in and says they're looking to you now. And you say, I shouldn't be here in the first place. Nobody wanted me here because of my faith. Like, what? How do you go yeah. there? Hold on, hold on. First of all, that they're all wrong. The captain of faith would have been the one that was like, guys, we need to have a funeral and perform last rites. And the pragmatic mm-hmm. crew would have been like, fuck you. Right. God's made up. We're fixing the sails. Yeah. But instead, it was the opposite, where he goes, fix all the sails. I'm a man of faith. And they're like, no, we got to honor the captain. And then he's like, oh, they don't respect me because of my religion. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ridley Scott got it. He has Universe. his head up his own ass, but then it's like the wrong ass. Yeah, like, he, he's, he's backward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got his head up his urethra instead of his own ass. Like, he's backward <laughs> on that. One my, back, back a minute to the uh, the questions thing is my take on this was – I agree with what you said, Alan, about uh, – wait, what are we pointing I at? Was, I was trying to subtly point at Jared to get me one of those Highland beers, but <laughs> oh. he was looking off to the side. I thought you were pointing at the trash. But uh, back to the question, though, is, is – I, I mean, everybody that watched Prometheus walked away with a bunch of questions. And I agree with what you said, Alan, is they're answering the wrong questions. Or yeah. maybe that was you. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, but uh, I also they, – they answer questions with more questions. Mm-hmm. And don't really explain anything through that. Like, okay, they left after Prometheus and David and Elizabeth Shaw. He kills her and starts experimenting on her at some point. But then he gets to the, he. They do find the engineer planet, and then he just says fuck it and kills all of them because they're all mortal too. They're eventually gonna be gone anyway. That, too. But yeah, but then like, there's the aspect making- of. But then you got to think if this if the xenomorph if that black goo is a virus and it mutates living DNA, then we just see all these bodies. So it didn't mutate them the same way it did the humans, even though they're organic and share 99.9% I mean, yeah. of the DNA with us, You're which right. was established no, in the, Prometheus. The, the, it, just, it just froze them into concrete. Hold on. That goes back to Alien 3, where Ripley's incubating an alien queen for a week, and the regular aliens get incubated for an hour. Maybe mm. queen takes longer. Well, my understanding was it, Maybe. it doesn't Maybe mutate. The, those people were just hosts. So yeah. the mutated stuff burst out of them. Yeah, but then it showed them like sort of mummified, sort of like concrete-esque. Maybe that's where the spores came from? Because yeah, I've never seen I mean, those spores before. I don't know. What, I don't have an answer to that. But that's why they didn't look any yeah. different or whatever. It's because they don't. Well, but they then don't. when it showed them, uh, when it showed David unleashing the virus and they're all in that courtyard, yeah, yeah. That's what it showed about. them like getting frozen. No, like, it's wildly inconsistent. Just insanely inconsistent. Yeah. It, it That annoyed me. Then there's the whole... Uh, it didn't really answer what was up with what happened to Elizabeth Shaw from the first one. I mean, I, I mean, obviously David experimented yeah, on like her. That was but, pretty clear. Yeah, I thought that was clear. But exactly like, oh, see, other I than just him poking at her, what happened? He to was her? like, he was fucking around with human anatomy. But then going back to, they go out of their way while they're hiking the eight kilometers from Drop Point to John Denver. Um, they go, there's no animals on this planet. Even uh, though there's animal sounds in the background? Even ignoring, yes, but okay. ignoring that. There's no animals here. There, it's just like plants, and there's no animals. They wind up in David's crash pad, and there's dissected animals everywhere. And no one's like, huh, there's yeah. there's yeah. a bird and some bugs and a centipede and a squirrel. Yeah. Um, 
No, no one's brought that up. Like, where are all the animals? Like, none, of, been, none of these characters act in any logical, rational way at any point in I'm this on, movie. Yeah, go this back is to that the thing worst about how crew they're... we've had in an alien movie. No, no. the worst oh, crew. No. The yeah, hold crew on, they're all crew, bad. No, they're all bad. But these people were idiots. Brian and I were talking in the car about how these Prometheus is worse. How they Ferris is tout themselves as scientists, and they're. It's like they saw what scientists do and decided the opposite. Yeah, they can't get to a planet. They, when they get to a planet, they can't expose themselves to whatever that planet has to offer at a microscopic level quickly enough. Yeah. No. They never have any sort no of containment suits. Suit, no containment nothing. suits at all. Oh, the ship told us it was you know, okay. Nothing. They just yeah. jump like right out Like they've never seen it. War of the Worlds or heard how that ended. Yeah. Right. One, even in Prometheus, the, they can't wait. They're they're yeah. gone at the bits to rip those See, helmets off. Well, it's worse in Covenant. Yeah. At least in Prometheus, they start they with helmets. They had helmets, helmets. yeah. yeah. yeah in could Covenant, take they it off quickly off. enough, though. Yeah. And it's like, these, these are scientists. These are biologists. They know... What these not only could they they, know about this, not only could they not take them off quickly enough, they didn't bother putting them on, is how quickly they wanted to take them off. You know, and then again, we talked about this too the quarantine. You know, that oh, are we having a quarantine situation? Yes, yes, yes. Every single person that was down at this planet should be quarantined, even someone with an alien busting through their chest. Whether the scientists who are allegedly, you know. Oh, we doing it in quarantine? Mm, I don't know. Nah, we don't need to do well, it. That's even the, that's even that's the one who's writhing in pain is mm. going, yes, fucking put me in quarantine. I'm dying here. We're scientists. Yeah, that's about, <laughs> the, that's about the criteria, though. You have to have something exploding out of your chest before quarantine gets brought but even, up. But I'm saying even they don't say that. But as scientists, Ugh. you think any one of them would be like, no, nah, definitely quarantine. Yeah, What's busting out of that one dude's planet. spine and that one lady runs yeah, there? And He's bleeding. Yeah. He's bleeding a little bit. Please. Little Come rescue! Like, no, there's something fuck. busting Ferris out of his spine. God, this is all Ferris's fault. Which it's one bad. was Ferris? The one that's the fuck that blew everything up. Why? Why are you the one who Ferris? Ferris? Huh? Because that's her name. Because they said that in the line. Oh, she okay. She yeah. was the one who stayed behind names. at the ship, and the two people showed up wounded, and then she fired a shotgun into everything yeah. she could find. <laughs> yeah. Everything she could find. No. And, and they she were she on the blood right that, that might have been the action that made the most sense in the entire movie. She sealed him God. in the med bay with a literal blood-covered face. I was like, I can't let you in there. It's I got a quarantine now, and it's like your face is covered in blood. Yeah, she needs to hop in there. And they screamed like, "Ferris, you fuck!" Open the door. (laughs) So that's why, like, all the movie, I was like, "Ferris, Ferris, you you fuck!" (laughs) What she should have done, which would have made a lot more sense and made me hate the movie a lot less, is quarantined herself in there, being like, "Well." We're scientists. We know better. I've got blood on my face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quarantine us. Or, hold on. If she was that smart, she wouldn't have brought them into the med bay herself without at least one of those <laughs> paper masks. I realize it's 2104. I'm sure paper masks or something better are laying around. Or, is it? Wait, 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 wait. Real quick, though. Is it 2104? Because yeah. the first movie, Alien, took place in 2037. And this is supposed <laughs> to be a prequel to that, right? Did it? It Who knows? This the is the only franchise that I think may, may, in fact, be more convoluted than the X. That's why franchise. I was wondering more what convoluted year it was. than Terminator. Yes, and part of it too yeah. is so this they the one thing is they do actually treat space as though it's vast and takes a long time to go. Mm. So. Except for the part where they just skipped three weeks and just ended up. At the My planet. favorite part of the movie was the whole like neutrino space storm. Like let's. Oh, our spaceship got fucked up and knocked us out of cryosleep. I thought stupid. that whole Let's sequence. Well, I wanted to jump. I wanted to jump yeah, twenty sorry. minutes earlier. You know, before all the med bay quarantine <laughs> nonsense. How about we go back? You know, twenty minutes to 
well, we found this planet that, you know, might be habitable. Okay, go investigate it. That's going to take a month. You get there, and it's like the entire, it's it's a Star Wars planet, you know, a one-climate planet. Mm-hmm. And this climate is deathly ion storms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like, well, maybe we could colonize here. Why? No. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to bust through the storm to get to the surface. Ah, fuck it. It's Let's not like they're, they're not in a ship looking for a planet. They're in a ship on their way yeah, to a planet yeah, that's yeah. already been chosen for yeah. them to colonize. And I get and I and I get that whole thing of well, this one's infinitely closer. But seven years and four months, ah uh, shit, now it's gonna take seven years and five months. You're you're splitting hairs at that point. Well, like yeah. I say, go check, check it, it out. out. No yeah. problem. You checked it out. It's terrible. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. Plus, what was up with that chick? Like, he was like, okay, if anyone has any objections, go ahead and speak now. God, that And he was me. like, all right. And she goes, can I talk to you for a moment? I think she please? was trying not to, you know. Side room. She was trying not to cut his legs out from under him One, since he's a yeah. new leader in he's front of everybody else. He's a new leader, else. and she's his number two, so he, she was trying to be respectful. Yeah. He gave her a chance in front of the group. And if she was respectful, she would have said, you know, yeah. with all due respect, well, sir. Well, that, that when he was like... uh I'm going to have to disagree with you officially. That's what that was. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I brought you out here to give you a little bit of respect because you're a new captain. We just had a real rough day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is a bad Yeah, I actually idea. didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. I was fine I with did. that, yeah. I did. I'm with you on that. I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny because none of us liked it, right? Nobody right. here no, liked no, no, it. No, but we all hate but it. But we have different, different reasons for hating it. <laughs> <laughs> no, to me, it really was a greatest hits of the Aliens. He's like, oh, but we. It was terrible. Ridley Scott wants to read. It. Well, that's why it was terrible. Is it had no original ideas, and mm. they had a narrative that was strictly to get from point A to point B to point C to what the next cool sequence was going to be. Like uh, the whole thing, like the classic thing of, oh, it ended up being David back on the ship at the end. Big surprise there, because the robots always yeah. turn on the humans in the well, alien I mean, movies. And his then, hand, his hand looked different anyway. It looked more sliced than. Burned. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then the the grass sequence was cool. That was a I I don't know if it was a purposeful throwback to the Lost World, but I thought you know the don't go into the long grass. Mm-hmm. That, I thought that was a cool that sequence. That was not purposeful. With at all. the no, uh, no oh, way. I'm not saying it was, but it reminded me of it that. It would have been really cool. Though, and it if was they were, cool. Yeah, if they yeah. were going through it and it was like a throwback to Jurassic Park yeah. two, and it was them, and then like the aliens coming up like raptors behind them. Yeah, that would yeah. have been fucking awesome. No, but even still, that scene sort of reminded me of that with the I guess proto proto xenomorphs. I one guess one of the one of the stupid many countless <laughs> stupid decisions they made was I thought landing on the water because speaking of Jurassic Park slash world mm-hmm. they land on the water and I'm like what what if there's a plesiosaur in there like you look like a little bug on this water like what if this giant fish comes up and eats you did did I miss because I because the audio was shit in this movie and I couldn't understand what anybody was saying anyway but did I miss like they had a reason for landing in the yeah, water she yeah. said the terrain is she said une- I don't like it I don't like the terrain. Which I so they left the water. They walked like, and it was just like shallow water. I yeah, it, 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 so they I walked. So they walked like ten. They feet landed like on the beach into something. like a wheat field. Yeah, which looked perfectly level. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, you're right. They did. Okay. Hold on. They did the same thing in Rogue One, where they're like, "Let's land 400 meters away instead of at the Urso house." <laughs> this way, they can send people off. Well, to I run mean, away. at this point, we're splitting hairs even back to. Indoor and Return of the Jedi. Let's land miles from the uh, entrance. Yeah, but here's here's <laughs> here's what I always come back to in these kind of movies, though. These are the sorts of things that probably most every movie has, but you don't notice if you're having fun. 
Mm. Yeah. I was not having I fun in this right. movie. I was they bored. Just said, I was legitimately bored in this movie. Did, did any of you guys notice how the chick like flubbed her line in that one scene when she mm. was like on the comms thing and leaned forward and she was like, "What uh, can you like increase your signal?" Or she was like, Incre- uh, "Can you increase your signal?" No, I didn't. I always just chalk that like, up totally as to them. No, because the I was too busy thinking if they could boost their signal, why don't they have it boosted all the time? Yeah, no, I was thinking that too. Like, if you, yeah. like, I'm just going to run it at 60% yeah. instead of 100. I'm just going to run it at 100 instead of 120. Because, you know, because I'd much rather run maybe, my phone at 10% battery that's, than 100. Yeah, that's yeah. Star I mean, Trek, you know, script writing 101. There, you can always boost the signal. You can always, you know, reverse the polarity. You know, that's that's just garbage tech it, writing. I, I'm with Tanner. That annoyed me. I was like, I didn't know. I noticed that too. It annoyed me too. Yeah. Like Boost your signal, or we're going to reset it. We have future cryo sleep tech, but hitting Alt F four is going to take six hours. Also, <laughs> the scene where the I love how in this franchise, the the technology for cryo sleep is so vastly different across movies. Like the concept is still the same. You lay down in some weird pod and go to sleep for a while, mm-hmm. but the technology that's shown for is always vastly different. And it seems like if they've developed hyperspace travel and hypersleep that they could have a better way of storing 2,000 colonists than on a file folder system that just dangles on some strings. That falls apart anytime time yeah, the ship rocks. Yeah, that any time they hit a space speed bump, there's going to one of them come falling off the file system. You know system. what else Ridley Scott loves, though? Is like dripping pipes and dripping things. Oh, yeah. oh that's just his space, every, though. I know, but yeah. like in the first one, I remember they wind up in the bottom of the ship and they see the alien skin and think, meh, and throw it on the ground. <laughs> but I'm like, first off, everyone's smoking in the ship, and I'm like, you have Terrible finite air. Idea. But it's 1979, all right? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll let that, despite how stupid that is, I'll let that pass because <laughs> it's the 70s. But. They're in the, what I'll call the underground sewers of the ship, and random chains are swinging and shit's leaking, and I'm like, isn't that more of a concern beyond just the <laughs> alien? Like, there's water pipes bursting. See, and I'll I, forgive I think, that to some degree because it is, they're space truckers. Like, that isn't like a state-of-the-art yeah. ship they're on. It is a clunker. I have but a regular trucks but don't leak gasoline all over the road. Was, I think it, intentionally. Did, it did mention something about know. them being in, like, the cooling system or something like that. So that makes a little bit of sense, but it doesn't make sense that there is, like, water pouring from the alien's face. One, just wait. Yeah, this is like another reason like you need to watch Resurrection. And I will. Is in Resurrection, there's a whole scene. I legitimately think you may enjoy that movie. I really do. But there's a, if you're talking about wetness on spaceships, there's like a whole like 30-foot swimming pool scene <laughs> in the Resurrection spaceship. Is it an actual pool? Or is it I don't just know. It's just it's a random this like is what thirty happens foot. When you let the water leak too long. No, it yeah, it's something like uh, they go to the bottom of the ship and there's just like a room filled with water they have to swim through for some reason, and then it leads to this really cool scene where the xenomorph. It was literally included in the movie because they wanted to show the xenomorph swimming, and I'm okay with that because they look badass as fuck in the water. But yeah, really, Scott likes wet space shit. It, it's just how it is. He also likes doing daytime scenes at night, like Zack Snyder. Like, but yeah. this movie was not, hard to watch. Yeah, but it's really not dark. on Earth. Yeah. It was so Harry Potter level dark. I'm trying to like think like maybe that was. I, I can give it a slide for not being Earth, and maybe that's what it looks like outside. Mm. I know that Earth Superman does not 
It's not nighttime. That's just the everybody's CGI shtick now. Because you shoot everything digitally, you can just throw Instagram filters on everything. But why do they all choose the same one? Because what? they're lazy and terrible. But can't they choose a different lazy It mimics one? the film stock. Because they're probably yeah. using the same FX houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess no, so. and now my thing with this movie defend. is the previews oh, had different color grading. Occam's razor. Oh, they do. The the previews had different color grading, which makes sense because this movie was so fucking visually dark that if you play this on normal people TV, normal people's TVs for previews, you're not going to be able to tell what's going on even in the daytime scenes. Mm. So if you watch the previews, they're they're a little brighter. Should have kept the first it that time way. I ever have. noticed that different color gradients. It was actually Lord of the Ring or Fellowship in Two Towers. When Gandalf fights the Balrog and goes down, it's got more of a normal balance mm. color filter. In Two Towers, if you watch him fight the Balrog, it's got a much redder tint to it for some reason. Hmm. Fun fact. It does, yeah. Interesting. One thing about this movie, though, another fun fact, I'll lead into this. I loved watching Danny McBride in this. I didn't. He, he was really, my saving grace for the. Now I'm not saying he saves the movie for me, but I enjoyed. He was the best the thing in the movie out yeah. of watching him because no, I, I thought he was scripted to be like first or second dude. I did too. I every time the xenomorph showed up or something, I was like, Danny McBride's dead. He's dead. <laughs> well, He's dead. Here's what I liked. He wasn't comic relief. Yeah. 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 He had a couple quips here and there, but everybody kind of had a quip here and there. That's what I loved about it is he was purely in it, just having that a was good time doing his thing. Unexpected. I yeah. mean, the, he. W- he was the most telegraphed thing going into the mm-hmm. movie that he was comic relief that was probably going to die early and just he wasn't a huge part of the movie yeah. but he turned mm-hmm. in a really good performance. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. biased. I like him anyway. I like him too. But I think he was the best part of the movie. Have the you, rest have, of the crew was totally thrown. Oh yeah. The the backstory yeah. though for uh, here's the fun fact is uh, I was watching an interview with Danny McBride about this movie and he was talking about how much he had loved the Alien movies growing up like same as us mm-hmm. like he watched he would sneak and watch it when he was like nine or something and slowly watch them all without his parents knowing and was terrified and uh he started he you know he started making hollywood in the past seven eight years and he's always been a huge fan of ridley scott and apparently his agent called him one day and said hey uh ridley scott's calling for you so i'm gonna connect you tell him yes and he's like yeah i love this guy yes alien yes and he didn't even know it was about a film because they, they kept a lot of the, you know, they keep stuff mm-hmm. secret nowadays and give yeah. it code names and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And really Scott called him and asked him to come down to his office and talk to him and all this. And was showing him all these designs for ship designs and for the new Xenomorph and all this. And Danny McBride is sitting there, just, he said as he's looking at it, just like, yeah, man, this is really cool. Like, this is awesome. And... Danny McBride says in this interview that he thinks he was like at the time I thought really Scott had just heard that I was a fan just wanted to show and, him and, some and was just like showing yeah. me what he was up to and then about three four months later I get a call saying he's cast me in his movie and I was like holy shit and he went and auditioned for this movie and didn't even really know he was auditioning <laughs> <laughs> and and he was he was the best part of this movie like I hated I like Billy Crudup, but even I just like him in general. I hated his character. His character was horrible. It was because he was stupid. Yeah, but everybody in this movie was and stupid. poorly conceived. Yeah, the only one that Danny wasn't was, was Danny McBride. Nah, he was stupid too. Like he was the smartest one though out of the group, but still I he was Michael stupid. Michael Fassbender did a decent job, but it was a very Michael Fassbender performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, yeah, he's I almost, good, but again, I hate. The I feel like he phoned playing. it in for this one because he just played two versions of himself. 
Yeah. Yeah, that accent got a little iffy here. The there. American accent him was to say rough. perfection like in Days or uh, X Men First Class. They were, His American accent was like some weird Bostonian. It was a little thing. Kevin Costnery Robin Hood every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was. I got this vibe. It's like, all right, I'm gonna go over here, mm. and you know, like <laughs> I got kind of a Nicholsony. Yeah, a little, thing out a of it. Bit. Yeah, well, like I mean, it was like over was enunciated, guy, right? So I mean, no, I'm talking about uh, the Walter. Oh, you weren't talking Walter. about the, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well, his, I mean, the American robot. So, oh, you're talking about the okay. His even accent this, was like very nickel. Even some of those like, sites, over enunciated the scenes together though that would kind of come and go. Yeah, you know, I, both of them would. Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought this movie was a mess. I was really hoping. Yeah. Because I like Prometheus overall, because it, it's pretty, and I like the soundtrack, but... I still hate it. Overall, the, <laughs> the story of the movie is not that great. And I'll just put it on, like, and just have it playing in the background, just because it's pretty pictures. It, and, it's and a gorgeous it. movie. I think that's it, it. I like it. It's an awful alien movie. Yeah. It's an awful movie. Well, and then, <laughs> and then you look at the... If you look Sorry, at the behind-the-scenes, like, it. production stuff of these movies is... Ridley Scott, for all intents and purposes... Was done with the Alien franchise. Yep. He was done after Alien. And then somewhere down the line, it's he's like, oh, I'm going to make a, uh, a prequel to Alien. And then that's, and that was supposed to be something completely different mm-hmm. than Alien. Yep. And then that slowly started morphing a little bit at a time Xenomorph- in, Xenomorph- into Xenomorph- a, uh, <laughs> yeah, Xenomorphing <laughs> into just an Alien prequel. And then this is it fully morphed. But this movie, for a while there, the Prometheus. Seer, or franchise was separate from Alien. And Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9, was working on an Alien sequel. And then Ridley Scott came in swinging his big dick and took it over and fused the Alien sequel with this Prometheus sequel, which is what we got here. And it's it's the greatest hits of the Alien franchise, except poor. It, it's like it's Kids Bop. It's all the songs you like, but uh, sung by people you don't give a shit about. Uh, I just but think kids bop is songs that I don't like. I just think it's poorly conceived, like from the jump. Like I said, my my issues are it's trying to ask questions I don't want to know the answer yeah. to. Mm. You know that's that's one of my main problems because I just don't think that works. And like I say, that's pro- that's a way too big a topic to probably tackle here. He's got his head up his <laughs> own um, ass. About yeah, it's mm. it, it's that I, I don't know. I, well, I just feel like an alien movie. I feel like mm. he needs another voice. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it is in his ear to like mm-hmm. talk him off of some of these ideas or or, or or something. And it's just, I swear, it's like these movies, like nobody watches, like nobody watches them or nobody looks at the dailies and says, uh, hey, Ridley, like none of this shit makes any sense. Yeah. But I feel like it's nobody's telling him that. George Lucas prequely, where you got to be like, it George, is, yeah. buddy, this is a shit line of dialogue. Where they, where yeah. the people get their uh, sides for the day and it's yeah. like, Oh, they fly the ship to the planet, and then they find the xenomorph, and they fight. Yeah, but it's, you know, you know, unless you're making an 80s horror, you know, haunted house movie or something like that, your script cannot be dependent on everybody making the dumbest decision at every time. It's an idiot right. plot. That, yeah. it's, that does not work for me. No. And that's what these movies are. The end, I, I was on David's side the whole time. I want him to get to the fucking <laughs> next civilization and release the xenomorphs, and that's what I want the next movie to be. Yeah, I want, maybe I they're want just him to maybe they're just Ridley's building up this story. Ridley Scott, he's building it up into like a galactic Breaking Bad scenario with but David. But the thing is, <laughs> that's not an alien movie. <laughs> like the alien's supposed to be yeah. the monstery bad guy, not this like man versus. That's called Terminator. Mm. All right, like uh, James. 
Cameron did that, he, and he's been trying for a while. <laughs> well, I guess he hasn't been. He did that for two movies, and then everyone... I agree with you wholeheartedly, but just to play devil's advocate here, that is sort of a theme in the earlier Alien movies. I mean, even actually one through four of this alien's a bad thing, and then you've got Wayland coming in, the Wayland Corporation, yeah. sort of trying to weaponize it and capture it to take it for study. So that is sort of always... It's never as in your face about some alternate non-alien enemy mm -hmm. but that is always sort of looming there but it's never as in your face as it is in right That's but true in prometheus and covenant it's less about Wayland and more yeah. about it's straight up the yeah. droid the android going rogue but mm -hmm. again in uh, in aliens uh what's his nuts i wrote his name down uh um, paul riser yeah paul riser he sent them out there so the alien thing never would have happened if he hadn't sent that family out there to you know grab some of the eggs or whatever specimens. No, yeah. but that's what he's so, talking like, about. That's, yeah, so that is all like it. It wouldn't. None of this would happen if it wasn't for. Yeah, them. it, but it always though, yeah, has even this though they're corporate not a part of the story. Yeah. thing. But yeah. we're looking for an alien. We we want the alien to be the bad guy. But and this it's super in your face yeah. in this one with David being like, no, I'm going to destroy everyone by sending the aliens everywhere. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's also though we want the aliens to be the bad guy though because of what you said before, Tanner, is that the people who like these movies like mm -hmm. them for the yeah. xenomorphs, and so you want that because it, it is it's a great bad guy. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. poorly executed. Yeah, very poorly executed. Which is why you all. We'll do a movie night here or something and watch uh, <laughs> Alien versus Predators. Because yeah, I like those movies. You said the movies. second one was really good, right? I like the second one. I mean, neither of them are good movies. There you go. But <laughs> the ideas they present. Do the you only, get to see the in, alien in my opinion, the only that. reason they are bad movies is because they have human characters. If right. they, and that's but, but there's no way they could tell a narrative with the predator who doesn't speak, and then the xenomorph who never speaks, and then just have them fight for two hours. There is no way they could tell a story that way. So they have to have human characters. But the second one pits them as more just like uh like fodder that's what i which want. i like is like they're just kind of there and Do they all to, die oh no we already went over this no i mean no yeah. no one ever all dies yeah. there's always somebody but like uh, you can't kill all the aliens but plus the the alien versus predator movies i don't know i like the predator i like the alien and it just gives you a bunch of like cool scenes plus the hybrid predator alien i always thought was cool as <laughs> that fuck. i actually i haven't seen the second one i've seen the first but i've just what i i agreed with earlier when you said they're not good movies but i agree yeah. with your i think i think <laughs> i agree with your larger point is they're they they can be some fun yeah like, you know if if that's something you know back in the day you went and saw it a second run theater or you know you catch on tv or something mm -hmm. like that it's fine. Well, it's that's just, you really it's not do. A good movie. Yeah. You really do see the xenomorph at true peak in those movies, though. I mean, they are fucking slaying, and they're all over. They, yeah, you get to see f hundreds and thousands yeah. of them. So, and then the Predator is also like now we've had newer Predator movies that are actually good, but the Predator at that time that was like his peak. He was kicking ass. Yeah, he was super fat in the first at the first one. Yeah, for some reason they had like yeah. the Predators were fat. <laughs> yeah, it was like that swole, like that beefy fat. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Where it's like, it's tight. They all look like the mountain. it's still fat. They all look like, like the that. mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where they've mm. got like a pot belly, but it's like tight and like pulled together. I don't know. It's abs, <laughs> but yeah, you get yeah, one. They look yeah, weird. Yeah, I know what you yeah. Mean. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but no, I like the Alien vs. Predator movies. And then the newest, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez, Predators. 
Do you not like it, Brian? I don't love it. No, no. I liked it. That to me is the uh, like the best Predator movie. I'm down for it doing Predators so next. There's I'd, some I'd okay like the stuff. And, like I don't hate it, but there's some problems, and some of it is just some of it's casting. Yeah, there's yeah, people I see in, that. There's yeah. people in there I don't like. Yeah, then, I can see that. Like I didn't like Adrian Brody. He I does don't kick like some him. ass, but I just don't really. I'm not. I don't a huge like fan of his. Uh, Topher Grace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I like, but I don't like him in the movie. Yeah. So I have some problems with it. It's fine. It's I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I just I hope I'm they much more hopeful for the Shane Black one. Yeah, that I love Shane Black. Like I, I love Shane Black, and uh, which I'm still putting together. I'm putting. I'm I'm going to try to convince these fuckers that Iron Man three is a decent movie in one of these He's episodes. Better than two. No, I'm putting together a full blown like Shane Black <clears throat> assessment. Because I love Shane Black so much, he's he's a goddamn perfect writer in my opinion. Oh, if, if the if the bar is Iron Man two, Iron Man three is far <laughs> above it. I'll I'm, I'll I'll ride with you there yeah. for sure. I love it when Tony Stark turns into a ninja out of nowhere. It's I like, love it. It's I love like, it when uh, he drunk dances without his helmet in two. At least then I can say nope. he's drunk. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in a superhero movie ever. That's the point. And I've seen Daredevil no, and Electra. No, yeah. no, the worst thing was that uh, scene with emo Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man yeah, 3. That's that what was I was going to say. You're pulling a close 3. second, but this that is was worse. Because <laughs> that's I'd, not a good movie. Like, yeah, none of that yeah. movie is... N- none of those movies are good. Yeah. I know whoa, that's a hot whoa, take. Whoa, Spider-Man? They're not good. I definitely like Spider-Man 2. that's a different Spider-Man 2 is acceptable, and that's all thanks to Alfred Molina. It, the first Doc, one... Dr. Octopus. Yeah, yeah. the first one uh, is not good. They are excellent comic book movies. That's a, We're going to have to do that on different episodes. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got opinions on that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I am gonna, I'm gonna wrap us up can, here, though. Can we're, I ask yeah, one question? One more time. I thought of this during the movie. Yeah. Would you guys... Would you and, you know, if you say you have a family, would you volunteer to go on an eight-year mission to colonize a new planet somewhere across the galaxy? Would you be part of nope. that mission? If no. I were single, I would. Not uh, It depends where I was leaving to go colonize. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's very true. They've yet to show me what Earth is, what's going on. Like, would I leave here? Blade Runner, that's what's going on. Probably on not. <laughs> but they show. No, it is. Like, it's all in one universe. No, no, I, yeah. I've said... Yeah. If it was like here, yeah. probably not. Yeah, yeah. In Sorry. Prometheus, they show like the idyllic lake scene and stuff, and I think like, well, we haven't murdered the environment by then, so probably not. Yeah. But if, if Earth was a shithole, yeah. If it's yeah, if, if it's it Judge like a, Dredd, yeah, put me yeah. on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. We're I, I, in I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. If we had my thing with space travel now is that we've not gotten it to the point of where we can survive. I, I don't, need, I don't need it. I don't need it to be comfortable, quote unquote. Like, I know you're getting on a tube and blasting yourself through space. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, the Ritz or anything. But what they have now qualifying as a space station, using air quotes here up in the Earth, which is yeah. a series of hamster tubes shared yeah. between America and Russia, essentially. No. No. I don't, but if you've got something where I can walk around and I've got a bed and, like, mm-hmm. anti-gravity and shit, and then I also don't have family or friends on Earth... Fuck yeah, I'm signing up to go colonize okay. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with I you. Would I, wouldn't I, take, I wouldn't take a family. I might go out there on like a you know, few-year journey or whatever and be like, yeah, this place is okay. 
I made it out here fine. Send the rest of my family. So, so, but if if you take that attitude and everybody else takes your attitude, it basically turns into a Fox reality show of hedonism colony planet where it's all single people getting into the new planet and they have to procreate to make the next thing go. So it, you know, and now that's you're the next really season of the real world. Yeah. So we're just down to hedonism planet. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> why I guarantee you Fox that's, has in the works next yeah. time on hedonism planet. I, see, I would go out there and I'd assess the situation and then send for my family or whatever. If that was an option, I don't know. This is all hypothetical, but that's what I would prefer, I guess. Yeah. I guess my answer they to your direct question like is a, it depends. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it depends. For me. All right. Yeah, it depends for me, too, I guess. Well, that's a good note to wrap us yeah. up on here. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, wrap right. us up. It depends. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, I will unequivocally say wait to download. Don't pay for it. Yeah, don't don't pay. Or watch it. Redbox. Watch it if you're intrigued in the mythology, but you're going to be disappointed. And only the mythology. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to call Alien Covenant a bust. bust. I think we can all agree here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't watch it. Yeah. No. There's, if you didn't like Prometheus, there's zero reason to watch it. If and you don't like watch Prometheus, it unless watch you've it. seen Prometheus in it. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. like Prometheus, by all means, watch yeah. it. Mm. So, yeah. That would be my take. Yep. Well, that's been episode 75, 76. I'm looking yeah, at the wrong page. Wrong. 76 of the Brew Chat Podcast. Cool. Cool.